You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 331-979-1369 for our mailbag content every single week here on Locked On Bulls. And with me today, because my guy Big Dave is still out in Cali on vacation vacation is a guest I am excited to chat with. We haven't talked in a while. If you're a Chicago sports fan through and through, you know this guy for his work at 670 The Score. He is Rick Camp. Uh, you can catch him doing Bulls post game for 670 The Score. He did that all this past season. Also, if you are a gambling sports fan, check out You Better You Bet, which is a show that he is the producer of. Rick is great mm-hmm. when it comes to making money, betting on sports. And if you are a Chicagoan through and through like me when it comes to your diet, when it comes to eating, if you're a fan of eating <laughs> in general like me, also check out his podcast called the I'm Fat Podcast that he does with Jay Zawoski, uh, one of his colleagues over there at 670 The Score. You can follow Rick Camp on Twitter, by the way, at Rick C. Camp. Rick, welcome to the pod, man. I feel like it's been a long, long time since you stopped by. How you been? Yeah. How's the summer going? Summer's going pretty well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the last time I was on Locked on Bulls was when we were drafting Boylanisms. Oh, so God. That, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I I can bring some of those back up to you if, if you really need to get triggered on a all, Saturday morning. All the things I've deleted from my memory forever <laughs> for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a good time, like the finals ending this week. You know, it's it also shows where the bar is. I know nobody cares about divisions in the NBA, but hey, the NBA title is in the Bulls division. The Bucks are good and they're going to be good for a while. So that bar is pretty high. And then, you know, you look at the other teams and that the Bulls are going to be playing the most. And it's like, okay, Detroit's going to get Cade Cunningham. So that's at least a guy to go with Jeremy Grant. And I don't know what Indiana is going to do, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting. And then Cleveland's Cleveland. Right. But, you know, even so, the Bulls have their work to do, uh, their work cut out for them. So we'll uh, we'll talk some big picture Bulls stuff here with Rick today. Uh, and then at the back end of the show, we're going to talk about this this latest idea from the Bulls. Make money from their fan base, throws money at them for anything that they come up with that has to do with the Bulls dynasty, the world of NFTs. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But so, uh, you know, you mentioned where the, you know, kind of the, the layout of the Central Division coming up for the 21-22 season. And the Bulls falling short. Uh, I think a lot of Bulls fans after the Vooch trade at the deadline saw, okay, here's our path to the playoffs. It's the East. We can at least get into the play-in. Zach Levine has an ill-timed 11-game absence because of COVID-19 health and safety protocols. And in that stretch, the Bulls struggle. They drop games left and right. And by the time he is cleared and come back, the Bulls are basically out of it. Uh, I don't know about you, Rick. I thought that it was too quick to judge and say, oh, the Vooch trade was bad. It was a disaster. It like We should take it back. We regret it. Just because the Bulls couldn't make that play in, I think you have to wait and see what happens this season before you call that trade a success or a failure. What did you see with the Bulls since that trade, what Vooch did coming in, and, and the fact that they did, in fact, fail to make that Eastern Conference play-in tournament? Yeah, I wasn't 
as big on the trade immediately when it happened. Uh, when it happened, I thought, hey, guy on a good contract who can do stuff for you. Like I, I got the I got why they did it, but just in terms of how narrow of a gap it gave this front office to try and figure out what they're doing because it's like, okay, now Zach Levine's coming up on his money. Vooch is in his 30s. So are we really pushing to win and to win at what level right now? Because if the goal is just get back to the treadmill of mediocrity and then try and boost it from there, I think they're on their way to doing that. But then it gets even more difficult to do that. Now, Vooch can offensively, obviously a great fit. He does so many different things for you, being able to score from the post, being a guy that can stretch out. But defensively, he's kind of like Zach in the fact that he's someone you have to keep in mind because he's not going to be a good rim protector. Why Orlando was able to have a really good defense when he was the center was mostly because Jonathan Isaac was healthy. And when mm -hmm. Jonathan Isaac was healthy or Aaron Gordon was there at the three and they were able to play big, like they were able to have a pretty solid defense when Orlando was, you know, getting to the, into the playoffs. But so that's something the bulls have to realize in their team building is you have Zach Levine, who's going to require a specific type of guy to play next to him in the backcourt and Nikola Vucevic, who's going to require a certain type of four to help make up for some of his defensive misgivings, just to make their defense uh, palatable because you can play drop a decent amount in the regular season, but boy, when your center isn't that athletic either and can't really guard at all against any of the lobs or more right. athletic guys he'll face, it makes things difficult. Now, I'm not saying this is a bust of a trade or anything like that yet. Like you said, there were a lot of circumstances that went into last season and why the second half wasn't as good as it should have been, but it really makes you question and look forward to this offseason of what exactly is the plan and how hard are the Bulls pushing right away because I think that'll give us a lot of thought about what you know what the future is going to be in terms of how the Bulls move forward in terms of using their own picks being willing to mm -hmm. trade them more past once you know Vucevic is uh the second pick is off of that and also just what type of guys are they going to be willing to take in in free agency are going to they going to be willing to take guys in their 30s that might help marginally now as opposed to trying for a younger guy that might have like a little bit more upside but might not be as ready to play this year yeah um you, you touched on Vooch and what re he really needs as far as a front court partner to make his game work and to maybe compensate for some of his weaknesses on that mm -hmm. defensive end that of course leads me to think of what did you take from Patrick Williams rookie season uh you know he, he did make all rookie second team Clearly, his big assignment every single night from Billy Donovan was go guard the best player on our opponent's team, you know, every single night. And you know, he talked about it after the season. He was like, yeah, I was guarding Kawhi and LeBron and, and, and all of these, you know, tough Giannis, all of these super tough guards. And now also being a member of the, the USA Select team that did some, mm -hmm. some five on five with the USA team before heading over to Tokyo, he, he spoke more about that as far as just like, yeah, I'm getting to guard the best players in the world right now. Obviously, Bulls fans love what they saw from him on the defensive end his rookie year. I was a, a bit more patient than some Bulls fans towards the back end of the season when you saw his shooting numbers drop. And I don't mean percentage-wise. Yeah. I mean, like, shot attempts per game. Bulls fans saying he's not being aggressive enough. Were, were you, um, you know, meet, exceed, or fall short of expectations for Pete up his rookie year? And what do you want to see from him in year two? 
I think he met my expectations for year one. I would have hoped that he would have gotten more confident in himself offensively as the year went on, of course. But as long as he can come into this year realizing, hey, there are not many dudes that I should be deferring to on this team. There's mm -hmm. one, maybe two offensively that he should be deferring to. Other than that, if he's put in a position to maybe have some second unit minutes where Zach and Vooch are off the off the floor, he should be the aggressor. He needs to not only just for the fact that he can score, just the fact of developing his offensive game and maybe adding to what he has a little bit, tightening the handle just a little bit. Even if he doesn't really improve the shooting that much this year, if he could either improve the shooting or tighten the handle a little bit, I think that would really be like a solid goal that you can expect from year one to year two, trying to focus on one thing to really improve this offseason. That should be a goal for him. And then defensively, I think one thing they're really going to have to figure out is how is he best utilized? Is he best utilized as a big guy on ball like they used him last year? Or are they able to bring in someone so that maybe you can experiment with is he better in almost like a Giannis style role of being kind of your center fielder, secondary rim protector type guy? Because if he's able to be that, we've seen how his verticality can work defensively that that could be someone where if you allow him to play the foursome next to Vucevic, that could be a role for him that works as well. So that's going to be on the coaching staff in the front office to kind of try and figure out, especially on the defensive end, what is he and where does he fit best? And how can that be supplemented with what they do this offseason or in the next couple of years? We'll be right back with more from our guest, Rick Camp. Shifting gears to looking at Bulls offseason decisions that lie just weeks away. First, though, a quick word from our sponsor at rockauto.com. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more money for the exact same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Take, for example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump which will cost you $353 from your typical chain store, but you can get one for just $216 from rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers just like you for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low for every single customer. They've got everything you could possibly need, from brake parts and tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, head over to rock, rockauto.com today to get everything you need for your car or truck. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all their parts available. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're talking with our guy Rick Camp here on the Locked on Bulls podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Rick C. Kemp. Uh, shifting to the Bulls to-do list in the offseason, they have a lot of decisions to make. They've got a lot of guys coming up on restricted free agency, and we know that they will be trying to find some answer at the point guard position. We'll get to that in a minute, but just as far as the decisions they have to make on guys to stay or go, do you want to free up some cap space, or is there anybody worth bringing back? You know, like, obviously, Lowry seems to be right now a guy who is going to leave. And mm -hmm. it, it's just a matter of whether or not the Bulls can maybe find a sign-and-trade to get something for him. Daniel Tice might be uh, a luxury they can't afford because he'll probably have plenty of suitors in the offseason. That guy's a great player, does a lot for your team on both ends of the floor. 
Um, as far as some of these other decisions, they've also got Thad Young, partial guarantee, same for Tomas Adaransky. All of these guys that the Bulls have to decide, do we want the roster spot or do we want this guy back? Are, are you hoping any of those guys return? And if so, who? I think it, it all depends on, and it seems like there's one, like you mentioned, there's one of two paths of either pretty much getting rid of basically everybody to target one bigger free agent. And then the back end of that roster is going to be rough because it's going to be a lot of minimums and maybe a room exception guy like that type of thing. Or if you know, you're doing all the tampering, which you should be doing right now to try and figure oh, out absolutely. what you, what the market is going to be like for the bulls. If you're not getting anything that seems assured, then maybe you just bring a vast majority of those guys back and just kick the can down the road for a year. And I know it's not fun. Lord knows bulls fans have been through the, you know, the salary cap game quite a bit. However, this free agent class really sucks. Like it, yeah. I know there was all the talk ahead of time about the possible stars and clearly they've all resolved what they're going to do with the possible exception of Kawhi. But even if he opts right. out, he's most likely going back. Or even if he go, he does decide to leave, he's not coming here. And there's no, re there would be no reason for, for that guaranteed here. money, considering that right. he is now rehabbing a significant injury. Absolutely. But the thing that would make me think not is just, he has the Kevin Durant example to right. be like, Hey, I can, I can go to a place rehab the first year and get to know everybody, get the lay of the land. Cause let's be honest, like Kawhi going into an organization is a big shift for that organization. There's been rumblings that, you know, the Clippers organization is kind of, you know, they, they feel a little unseemly by just how much they have to cede to Kawhi and, and what mm -hmm. he wants to do for himself. So that could also be a big thing, but he's not coming here. So at that point, it's, do you think is Kyle Lowry or a guy like Mike Conley, a real option to fill the point guard role? If not, and there's probably not a whole lot of options that are worth getting rid of everybody for. Right. And instead, maybe trying to focus on, like you mentioned with marketing, the sign and trade market, or just bring your guys back and then focus on the trade market that way. Maybe bring some guys back on like a, a one-year balloon payment type thing. Mm -hmm. Save that space, kick it down the road, give your guy, give yourself some maybe some guys where they could be flipped at the deadline or not even for a pick or anything like that, but maybe for a different type of player that could help you as this team gets more opportunity to play with each other. But if people have these grand aspirations for what this off season is going to be, I don't know how that's happening. I don't know how you're getting there. Yeah. I mean, it, it is going to be tough for the bulls. And like you said, if they decide to go for that big fish, seeing as there aren't that many big fish in this free agent class, they would have to mm -hmm. make a lot of, you know, renown their restricted free agents, uh, say goodbye to Thad, say goodbye to Sato, probably also wave and stretch Al Farouk Amino. You might be able to clear another six million bucks that yep. way to go after, you know, uh, one of the big ones. Um, I, I don't see the Bulls going after CP3. Like, I, my guess is he's either going to run it back no. with Phoenix or like, oh, I'll go play with LeBron and AD in LA. You're like, whatever. But there are some other big names in that point guard market. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry. He's even been a name that's been dropped that maybe the Bulls might be interested in. Would you like to see the Bulls just because we've seen how much this team is void of a competent playmaking point guard, needing somebody like that to play along with Zach to take some of the ball handling pressure off of him and ideally a two-way point guard, maybe with some length, who can also make up for some of Zach's defensive uh, deficiencies. 
do you want to see them try and find that guy and spend all of the money? Or would you rather like to see them maybe spread it out and just address it by finding a, you know, not, not a vet men point guard, but maybe a, a guy who's a journeyman point guard, so, something that is less uh, of a financial commitment than we're putting all of our eggs in this one basket. Which would you, it, which would you rather see them do? If it's short term, if we're talking two years, then I could see doing something like that. But the thing is, I'm sure those top guys are probably going to get three and four year offers from somebody. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I'd be open to it, but at the terms that I would want it to happen probably doesn't get there. So that's the thing is this is such a fork in the road type of off season in a way where really, you know, if, it doesn't make much sense with the Vucevic trade to then ki- try and kick the can down the road. But as you look at the landscape, unless there's something brewing in the trade market, you're kind of, to me, kicking the can down the road kind of seems like the most viable option at this point because yeah, you had good moments when guys were healthy, when that group was able to be together for the little bit that it was. Sure, mm-hmm. they ran into a buzzsaw schedule-wise right after the trade, yeah. where you know people were questioning it off the top, and like that—that that was kind of foolish because. You know, but they, like, they there's... played even and lost close to Phoenix and Utah, like that Western Conference road trip right after the trade. They played mm-hmm. well; they just lost a bunch of yeah. games by a couple of points. Yeah, and my, I'll I'll bring up this list that I, I mentioned to you ahead of time. Uh, I kept track as the second half of the season happened of. Yeah, the Bulls had their injuries, but here's literally everybody they did not have to face because they missed games against the Bulls in the second half of the season. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Bam Adebayo, Fred Van, v- Fred Van Vliet three times, Pascal Siakam twice, OG Ananobi twice, Al Horford, George Hill, DeMar DeRozan, Colin Sexton, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Demata Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, Kyle Lowry twice, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, DeAnthony Melton, Justice Winslow, Markel Fultz, Jaron Jackson twice, Kemba, Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, oh, Hero twice, sorry, uh, Giannis twice, DiVincenzo twice, Devontae Graham, Jalen Brown, Jeremy Grant, Chris Boucher, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Man. Just in the second half of the season, missed all those guys those amount of times. That is an insane list, and it definitely just reminds you how much of a slog this past season was for those yes, NBA players. Was. I mean, God, thank goodness they got through it, obviously, and like more injuries came in the playoffs, but that was a bummer. But mm-hmm. yeah, so you know the Bulls had plenty of opportunities uh, to, you know, to take advantage of some short-handed opponents, and, and they they did. They fell short. So I think that's clearly mm-hmm. why most Bulls fans want them to do something, not not the kick the can yeah. down the plan. But do something to add his mm-hmm. roster. So, uh, you know, I think the whole like Kyle Lowry or or Dame, I like. I, I don't think those are like, oh, like <laughs> Dame, Dame would like, never ever happen. But so I'm going to throw some names out. I seem to be the ones that Bulls are talking about as potentially more realistic, um, and and that okay. the Bulls fans are just excited about. And I want to see which one would you most like to see happen and which one, as a betting man, you would put your money on being the most likely thing that the Bulls do. Okay. Trade for Ben, trade for ben Simmons. Sign and trade or just outright sign Lonzo. Spencer Dinwiddie, stealing him away from Brooklyn. Or a sign and trade to get DeJounte Murray from San Antonio. <laughs> 
Those are four that Bulls fans are talking about a lot right now. Which one would you like to see happen? Which one do you think is most likely to happen? I would probably like the sign-in trade for DeJounte Murray. That's the right like answer, baby. <laughs> yeah, like that's because I, I'm just hmm, – the money on Din, – like Dinwiddie's probably close second for me, but mm -hmm. it, it kind of depends on what the money is at that point and then what else you're giving up on your roster. Because yeah. if it, if you're doing a sign and trade based around marketing, let's say that, like you would have to add something in terms of money because there's that base year compensation rule, so it couldn't be just uh, marketing straight up for Murray. And however that would have to get done, but I'd be here for that because he's a really good defender. He's gotten better on the offensive end. I mean, his shot still sucks, but when you have a stretch five in Vucevic you can kind of work with that a little bit better. His, but the biggest thing is his, how good his defense is and his playmaking has improved, especially this past year, you know, being with better offensive players, having, you know, having more guys healthy and more ball, uh, more responsibility with Derek white missing a good amount of time this year. So I definitely prefer him. Uh, if people haven't seen it, uh, Jackson Frank wrote a really great write-up on Lonzo ball. Mm -hmm. And reading it, I was just like, the things he does well would help the Bulls, but not worth the money for what he's going to get. If he ends up being below 20, like 18 million, something like that, then okay, right. I could be more open to that. But Lonzo Ball's not a guy that's going to get to the basket. He's not a guy that's going to be the initiator of your half-court offense. In, right. in open court, him and Zach could be dynamic with Patrick Williams also like those guys could be really good in transition, but with Vooch, how often are you really going to be in transition? So essentially in the half court, Lonzo is a spot up shooter. He's an off ball guy, but the bulls mm -hmm. need an on ball guy that can also shoot a little bit. So the shooting aspect for Murray is not quite there. However, his defense is good enough to make up for a lot of that. So that's probably, yeah, that's what I would choose first. We'll be right back with more from today's guest, Rick Camp, here on Locked on Bulls in just a minute. More talk on Lonzo Ball. We're going to get into Kobe White and talk about the Bulls NFTs. First, though, want to tell you all that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all of that action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, which is right around the corner, and even UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch or before the NFL season kicks off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game and start making money watching the sports that you love. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON. So head to betonline.ag, sign up for an account, put $100 in that account, and BetOnline is going to give you an extra $50 to play with if you use promo code LOCKED ON at sign up. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and I'm with you on Lonzo too. Uh, you know, Big Dave and I have talked about him a lot because Bulls fans are obsessed with Lonzo, either yes. because they love him and want him here, or because they don't and don't want him here. Uh, right. Like, I don't think there's anybody who's just kind of like meh about Lonzo. It's like you're all in on the <laughs> idea or you're against it. Personally, with me, it's it's about the money, 
and what Lonzo mm-hmm. thinks he's worth and what he might actually get in an offer sheet from some other team that's not the Bulls. I don't think he's a player worth north of $20 million. I just don't. Um, you know, maybe we haven't seen the best version of Lonzo. He's still young. He can still improve. Look what Zach Levine has done at ages, you know, 24, 25, 26. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But the version of him now, I agree with you, half court offense wise, he's not what this team needs. He's not the, you know, run the offense, playmaking guard kind of guy in the half court set. And the, you know, player A, player B comparisons that people do on Twitter all the time. And like, guess who's who? If you did that, and I have done that with Lonzo Ball this past season and Kobe White this past season, virtually the same player. It might surprise you to know that as far as shooting percentages inside the three-point line, outside the three-point line, efficacy, catch and shoot, off the ball, assist numbers, all of that, they're they're pretty similar. And so Bulls fans who are saying, ah, Kobe White's not the answer at starting point guard, what can we do, and are also saying, let's get Lonzo. It's like, you're, you're basically asking to get the same player, but paying him $15 million more than you're actively paying Kobe on his rookie contract. So that to me, it's, it's just an, an odd, uh, you know, uh, disjointed take on what Lonzo is and, and how he is best served in a role like Kobe more effective off the ball. Plenty of times mm-hmm. on, on, on Kobe though. I'm curious finally earned one start his rookie year before the league shut down and the world shut down mm-hmm. got out of the gate started lost the starting spot for a while because he was really struggling earned the starting spot back where are you on kobe and how he fits into this team i don't view him as a core piece i think he's a six he's he's a guy that can be your super sixth man type guy i know that's been thrown out there a lot but his decision-making just isn't good enough to be a point guard and it's probably going to get a little bit better as his career develops but I don't think it's going to get better to the point where he can be a legitimate starting point guard in the NBA. I just don't see it for him. Uh, And mind you, being that sixth man, he can make plenty of money and have a really good role on a good team. I mean, look at what Jordan Clarkson just did. Look at what Lou Williams has done in the past. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I've got the uh, air conditioner is not working that great (laughs) in my place. So it's a bit toasty today. So I have the uh, for, you know. For those uh, watching the feed here, it is. Uh, I've got the old wrapped up paper towels ready to go yeah. because hey, I'm a big guy. I heard. I heard, I I heard the, that it's I a, like- a, a boiler in Chicago today. So my my condolences. Yes, <laughs> yes it is like easy nineties today. So uh, yeah, not not great. At least hey, I feel. I also do feel the big part. Even though Big Dave's not here, I feel the big part, and I'm living it up right now because the, the sweat. Call you. Uh- should we call you Big Rick for the rest of the episode? <laughs> you might as well. You might as well at this point because the only other thing. So the other thing I did, and this feeds into uh, this feeds into the fat part of me as well. Is nine times out of ten when I pick a shirt on a given day, it's just whatever's on top in my drawer because I'm like, yeah. I'm not. I'm kind of unfortunate looking anyway. So like the shirt's not going to make that much of a difference. However, today on days where it's hot out, you have to go with the thinner shirts. So like uh, my my Seattle Supersonics NBA uh, NBA Jam shirt is one of the thinnest shirts I own. That's why it's on right now. <laughs> hey, so. I, I, I'm with you, dude. I, usually, like <laughs> because nobody wants to see me in a tank top doing this podcast, I have a shirt as t-shirts with sleeves on it. Most of the time nope. in, in the summer, you will not find me with wearing a shirt that has even short sleeves. It's just I'm all about tank top life, man. Um, so I've. I feel you on that. And may I say, you are a very handsome man. So none, none of that, none of that negative uh, 
negative body image stuff. You are a handsome hand. Um, well, it's it's right. funny because on the I'm Fat on the I'm Fat podcast last week, quick quick diversion that will only take a second. Uh, we actually had someone send in an ask a fat question that legitimately at, that was like, I want each of you to name a feature on yourself that you like with no disparaging remark following it. Yeah, because like as much as the podcast is a positive a positive body image, uh, Jay and I don't follow that for ourselves very well. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just just more of you both to love, man. More of you both to love. And yep. I am still very much a fat guy on the inside because I spent mm-hmm. all of my childhood pretty pretty overweight. Like I was short, I was really chubby, and then for whatever reason I went off to college and just like I I weighed the same, but I just went from this to this and it was just dispersed yep. differently. But I still I I eat like a fat person. And I, I am a fat person at heart. So I am definitely on team. I'm fat. Um, so, okay. Shifting gears now to the last thing we wanted to talk about. I saw this video uh, put out. And shout out to uh, to Kenny, who's just crushing it with his, his stuff that he's doing, uh, partnering with the Bulls. He makes the official announcement. Everybody loves Beach. Um, the Bulls are getting into the NFT game. Uh, apparently, it was from a suggestion from the league because the league wants all the teams to get into this, you know, uh, the, this NFT life, digital content. Um, I, like I just learned what an NFT was like a couple of weeks ago. I am, I am very much not of the age of like, Oh yeah, I'm all about cryptocurrency. And when, uh, we got an email to, to our locked on bulls email account <laughs> months ago from something called NBA top shot. And I opened the email yeah. and I'm like, what the, what the hell is this? And I read it and I'm like, this sounds like the dumbest idea ever. And then two months later, boom, NBA top shot has exploded. Everybody's obsessed with it. I have a collection of digital highlight reels that are exclusive just mm-hmm. to me. So the bulls, in case you didn't see this, are doing NFT collections for each of their six championships. So Non-able token, by the way, is what NFT stands for. Basically, a digital mini video, twenty to thirty seconds long, commemorating the Bulls in their and their you know uh, two three peats, their six championships with each ring that they are doing a you know a limited amount of. They are only releasing ninety one of the ones from the ninety one championship, ninety two mm-hmm. from the ninety two championship, so on and so forth. Uh, and there are tiers uh, as far as the rarity of these you know uh, exclusive digital um you know pieces of memorabilia rick i i think you and i are about the same age like you know kids of the 90s we we Mm -hmm. before we pressed record we were talking about how we you know collected basketball cards growing up i i just i can't get behind this idea of like digital memorabilia i i don't know i it's just not very enticing to me am i still gonna sign up and try and get one of these bulls nft yeah probably but mm-hmm. I, but I'm just like doing it because, not because. I want to, I want to be sold and collecting basketball cards again. What do you make of this whole thing? Yeah, you know, I, I'll admit, I got into Top Shot a little bit only because it was like right when it first hit that it was, and you could pretty much get a pack as long as you got a pack, you were almost guaranteed to make money, and I was basically flipping. I, I, and that was, and it worked out and like, I made a little bit of money off of it. So I've still got a few, uh, a, a few of the, uh, moments in NBA top shot. I won't be 
going for these honestly like i i don't know like i barely even look at top shot anymore it was like it was like a fad for me and now i'm just kind of like done with it now if they were to do like the real things they should be doing not just okay yeah the jordan years mind you the 7.9 part of that 91 one really letting yeah. their petty roosevelt out like i really appreciate sure. that like just getting at the pistons but uh i want like the nate robinson puking into the into the bucket on the bench yes. while tibbs is screaming ice walking past him like that's the, that's right. the nft i want yeah the like uh those, the Nate I, Robinson I, I, fourth quarter times. against brooklyn where you're just like this is one of the greatest performances bulls fans have ever seen give me an nft of that not just oh yeah remember the dynasty but that's why it's not at all surprising mm -hmm. to me rick is the bulls have always looked to find ways to cash in on the insane nostalgia that is around right. that team and you wonder how much money they made just in the the span of People online shopping while watching The Last Dance last year, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the the sports world comes to a standstill. We get this ten hour documentary about the Bulls dynasty, and you know I'm sure people just hopped on the internet and said, "I want this Jordan thing. I want this Pippen thing. I want this Steve Kerr thing." It's like this, and some fans would say to a fault, have just been printing money since the dynasty ended because fans were obsessed with Dynasty, and it's allowed them to away for a long time with putting a mediocre at best product out there. And to me, the yes. NFT thing, in a way, is just the latest example of that. But it's like, hey, we're banking in on all of you stupid people's nostalgia who can't get enough of this dynasty that was 30 years ago. And now we're doing it in the digital age. Give us your money, please. Hey, I mean, I guess if, if people are willing to do it, and you're going to get the money. I mean, do you, but yeah, I'm with you too. Like that. This is just so much nostalgia. And like, even it's even like, even, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams yesterday are referencing it when they put up right. like the, the Jordan Pippen logo from it. And right. that's just like their Instagram post. And it's like, okay. So, so we see what the, it's, it's actually like memeable now. And, and like, it has its own meaning to it. So like, there's that, but yeah, I, they, I couldn't even imagine how much money they made off of the last dance. And mind you, like really well done, all that stuff. But right, I mean, can, can we get something new? <laughs> like, yeah, we need this team to be better again. Just so it's like it's like Bears fans with eighty five. And mind you, like we just missed eighty five, yeah. like being being you know alive and conscious for it. So it's mm -hmm. like. I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I've had my fill of 85 bears stuff. People who are younger than us have probably had more than their fill of bulls dynasty stuff. And I don't blame them. Like, right. yeah, more people from here are going to become a specific player fans or other team fans because the bulls haven't been as good. They had the stretch with, uh, with Tom Thibodeau as head coach and, and with Derek Rose and Jimmy Butler and stuff. But now it's like, before that, it was like, okay, what, Ben Gordon and Nocioni? Like, yeah. okay, fine. Like, cool. Do your thing. You have the one Nocioni dunk that everybody remembers. And, like, that's pretty much it. But it now swept, it's like. Swept the champion heat out of the first round, baby. I mean, come on. No, no, most, nobody can knock the baby bulls. It is so random that they did that. Like, I'm trying to think. There are very few series wins that are more random than that one. Like for not even for the Bulls, like yeah. for anybody recently. 
Yeah, just a team that came out of nowhere and was like, we're not building towards something really, and we weren't good at all last year. We're just we're just gonna knock off the defending chance. That could have also just been that that uh, you know D Wade and Shaq and that Heat. They were like, what? Well, we don't care. Whatever. Um, yeah. You know, it's like we we got it. We got a ring. We're taking we're taking this year off. But you know, I I, I think that was a team that that certainly uh, endeared itself to Bulls fans. Not quite as much as as the D Rose, you know, Joakim, mm-hmm. Taj, Tibbs teams. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that if, if the Bulls start releasing some NFT, you know, digital content and selling that kind of stuff for, for the D Rose Bulls, that, that'll yeah. fly off the digital shelves, too. Um, in case you're curious and in case you want to get in on it to try and get one of these, by the way, the first one, the 91s, go on sale July 26th uh, at 11 a.m. Central Time, or you can sign up for pre-sale in which you can be ahead by three hours, first come, first serve, 8 a.m. Central Time. I'm probably going to throw my name on that list just to see because here's the cool part of this, Rick, that I actually like because it makes me think of my childhood. The building up a secondary market where where these NFTs can can buy and sell them, can swap them, can trade them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you a uh, collection of these NFTs, the Bulls will reward you with different prizes, including like meet and greet stuff, seats a bull so that is cool because it's incentivized and not just money but collect these cool things and we'll give you a prize but it makes me think of trading cards back in the day with my friends who also collected cards yeah absolutely i mean i i do like that part of it it's hey you're not just giving us your money to give us your money you're giving us your money so that we can maybe have a slight chance of giving you a prize down the road which really, right. that's all you need is just that little flicker of reason to be like outside of, well, I want it. Like just, a, yeah. yeah, but, but, but courtside seats <laughs> possible. Everybody should have do courtsides, which by the way, that's still a life goal of me is to do courtside seats once in my life and be oh, able yeah. to, and be able to hear everything. Like I, I would love to be able to do that. So that that's a goal for down the road, or maybe I can just collect all of these and, you know, enter myself and whatever, and uh, whatever, uh, raffle ends up being for that when x amount of people accomplish whatever the collection goal is so yeah yeah, no i I like doing that stuff of like yeah in growing up like either with basketball or especially with football it was like okay my favorite offenses let's try and get those guys or favorite defenses like i love shocking to nobody for me i loved getting levon kirkland uh (laughs) football cards because i was amazed that there was a 300 pound guy that could play linebacker which by the way is so ridiculous to think about now because that's like 80 pounds too heavy pretty much to do that oh yeah yeah now these linebackers look like look like defensive backs uh you know that you know according to jim boyle they got the shaq harrison built uh (laughs) because Mm -hmm. we all know that shaq harrison is such a great football player yeah well, we've we hit, we've we come full circle. We've come yep. full circle to the Jim Boylanism <laughs> draft, <laughs> right? Oh, and we were prepared for that road all the way back. <laughs> by oh my Jim goodness! Boylan. I oh, somebody God. posted a picture of at I, the I, NBA drumline. Oh my! I I wanted my eyes out. Um, yeah. Oh, did you uh did you uh punch in before we did the podcast? Because I forgot. I did not. I did not. I did punch oh, a picture okay. of Jim Boylan that I have hanging on my wall. That that's my punch <laughs> in puck. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that, that's your Notre Dame sign for a podcast. Right. <laughs> you just yeah, give that exactly. the boom, boom. <laughs> uh, Rick, it was great catching up with you, man. Appreciate the time. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got something coming up around the corner for the NBA draft. Tell our Locked All Bulls listeners where they can tune into you. So on 670, the score on draft night Thursday uh, from 7 to 10 p.m. Central, I'll be hosting the Bulls draft show. So we'll be going over what the Bulls offseason, more of like what we're talking about here. Um, going to have a couple guests on. Probably, I'll, I'll probably bother Chuck Swirsky at some point yeah. because, you know, Chuck's a great dude and I want to get his perspective on what the Bulls should do this offseason. I haven't like locked anybody in yet, but, you know, probably going to end up happening. Uh, and going over the draft because, hey, the Bulls aren't picking it like forever. So it'll be interesting to see what everybody else does and yeah. be able to react to that as well as, you know, all the cascading effects of, okay, maybe somebody trade, maybe there's some veteran that gets traded, which makes another guy expendable on a different team. And is that someone the Bulls could target? Something like that, like working the way down the road a little bit. There's teams that would be interesting to maybe try and pick a guy out of their rotation that doesn't get enough run. A guy that I've seen, uh, you know, his name bandied about a little bit that I really like is DeAnthony Melton in Memphis. I've really liked him mm -hmm. for quite a while. He's a guy that could fit to just try and help build out the Bulls wing rotation. And he doesn't cost that much. He's got like three years left at, a, uh, I believe, a little over $9 million. So that would be a guy that, Maybe if Memphis makes a deal for a higher draft pick or for a veteran player, he could be a guy that becomes expendable. And really, he was a guy that wasn't getting enough minutes anyway. Those are the types of things I'm going to be looking at for a Bulls perspective there. And also just mm -hmm. helping everybody through the draft. I'm spending a lot of this weekend doing draft prep because I don't know about you, but I'm not a big college basketball guy to where I know who these guys are. So I'm right. doing a lot of work this weekend, listening to podcasts, reading articles, watching highlight videos of some of these top dudes to try and be able to have an idea of what a team is thinking when they're picking a guy and, hey, maybe how it, it can help the Bulls. Right. And as you said at the top of the show, too, a lot of implications for this little division. Detroit's got the number one pick. See if they, you know, go chalk and take Kate Cunningham or try and sell that pick. And Cleveland is right there at third overall. So lots to break down in this draft. The Bulls not having a first round pick. So check out Rick on that 670 The Score draft night show this Thursday. And in the meantime, check out the I'm Fat podcast. Check out You Better You Bet if you want to make some money while you're watching and betting on sports. And follow Rick all the time on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. Rick, great catching up with you, man. Appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy draft night and enjoy the rest of your summer. Let's do this again sometime soon, all right? Absolutely, anytime. Thanks again to my guest, Rick Camp, who does great work covering the Bulls. And also, again, can't recommend You Better You Bet enough if you're trying to get into the world of sports gambling and come out on the winning side. Rick knows what he's talking about when it comes to sports gambling. And check out that draft show of his Thursday night on 670 The Score for all of you Chicago Sports Talk Radio listeners. That's going to do it for today. Thanks again to Rick, and thanks to y'all for listening as always. If you want to be a part of the conversation here at Locked on Bulls, hit us up on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369, or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck, and you can tweet at us at Locked on Bulls. Have a great rest of your day. See red. Be good. Peace out.